Yeah, that's what we do. Set them up, knock them down, make that cherry glow. Whiskey and cigars, the gentleman's cologne. Cheers, y'all. Sounds like a party about to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We are glad to have you here for show number 358. Chris Morris is our guest, and he has done the math. We are halfway to 500. There we go. Very nice. Uh, it's nice to have all of you on board. Chris Morris, as I said, is our guest. He is our smoking and toasting cocktail expert and good friend of the show. And we're going to talk holiday uh, cocktails today, among other things. It's But it's always fun to have you on the show. Uh, Chris, who was mic checking, just want everyone to know, when Chris was mic checking, just before we got started, what he kept saying into the microphone was, I love Alan Denny. That's what he kept saying. <laughs> Into the mic. So we uh, I was actually saying it. I love the Grand Slam at Denny's. But oh, but it was coming out funny. Yeah, slightly okay. defective, but that, know, well, that's, that's fine. fine. All right, so before we get the show started, and we're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and before we kind of officially jump in, I have a hypothetical question, and you guys seem like two good people to pose this to. It has nothing to do with drinking or smoking cigars. I'm always down for a hypodermic question. All right, so here's a hypodermic question. <laughs> so you know how uh, on so many uh, freeways you'll uh, be headed for an exit or there's a particular part of the road that you're driving on that narrows from, let's say, two lanes to one, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you're in the line. You know where you need to go. You've already got your drive plan, you know, mapped out in your head. You know you need to be in the lane that it merges to because you got to go that direction. So you get in that line, and, of course, it's really slow. Stop and go while you wait to get through. The cars beside you keep zooming in and cutting into the line in, in front of you and want to get right in front of you, and then you have to decide whether you're going to let them in or not. My question to you guys is, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Which I is have it, opinions on this. Which is it better to be? Is it better to be the, let's face it, jerk who comes in, either doesn't have a drive plan at all and realizes too late or does have a drive plan and just doesn't care. They're going to weasel in front of somebody. Is it better to be that guy because you don't wind up having to wait in line and you assert your dominance and you move on with your day with less delay than the other guy? Or is it better to be... The guy who has the drive plan, who gets in the right lane, but then has a tendency to be taken advantage of by people who may not be as, you know, fair thinking. Is he? In other words, is it better to be the a-hole or the chump, I guess is my question. So Which it, do you think? It depends on the lane situation. Let me explain. Okay. If it is two lanes merging into one, then mm -hmm. what you have is a zipper situation right. where you should... Left, right, left, right. Left, right, left, right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If it is a single lane that's not merging, and then everyone is running up towards the end, right where it's going to turn off, and then getting in, yeah. that's the a hole situation. Okay, so let, so let me give you a more specific example because this is what happened to me today, which made me think of this. Are you talking about six ten? Talking about six ten fifty nine. Right. You can get in the le uh, the two far right lanes. The one furthest to the right goes north. Yes, and it's only one lane, and There's it's no only merge. one lane. There's no merge, and the one next to it goes south once you get off onto 610 yes. right 
But people, I was needing to go north, and I was in the very slow-moving north lane. Right. People were zipping past in the south lane, but then cutting in. See, that's the a-hole situation. Okay. I and mean, so, I, I have the objectively correct answer to okay. this, which is it is better to be the chump because I have plenty of times, and I am enjoying my time in my car catching up on back episode of the podcast internationally known as Smoking and Toasting. Oh, see? <laughs> yeah, now, good uh, answer. I, it, is, it is a good answer, and he does have a point. The, the point basically is it's better to just like be the guy that doesn't commit let's say the wrong if you want to put it that way the guy who cuts in probably doesn't think he's doing anything wrong he just thinks he's he's important enough he thinks he's clever he thinks he's clever he thinks he's important enough that he's going to do it and in some ways he is clever because he takes advantage of the people who've actually been in that lane doing what they're supposed to do i guess where i where i struggle with it is in order for it to be okay to be the guy in the lane listening to the podcast and enjoying it and and in order for it has to not get you hot and bothered right it's not personal right right if you if you can go oh well that's just the way it is and kind of maintain happiness maintain peace then i think that's the better guy to be yeah i mean i think having lived in houston for over 30 years i'm just kind of accustomed to it so i just yeah. kind of leave time in my day that so that's kind of how traffic's it is right? kind of back up and so like if you want to be narcissistic and self-important and stress your life out over yeah. it mm -hmm. that's fine now i'm just sitting here chilling i got a place to be but I'll I, get there. I will mention this even that guy who's completely in touch with his inner zen and it's too little long just having a great time and it doesn't matter even that guy will be put to the test trying to pick someone up at George W. Bush Intercontinental Airport. In <laughs> well, Houston. There right. is that. Yeah, that that will put even <laughs> the that. most because, patient. Because the moment you pause to yeah. pick that person up, there's now a, a, a security person oh, telling yeah. you to move. Yeah, exactly. And if you move, you've got to spend the next 45 minutes redoing the loop <laughs> that you just did to get back in. So Yeah, but that, that's fair. I live yeah. on the south side. So, I'm a hobby. Yeah, truther, hobby so. Hobby's the way to go, man. Uh, yeah, so definitely. And then so um, on my way home, 45 branches off um uh of 59 yeah and it's four lanes so you got two lanes that are backed up solid going north on 45 mm -hmm. you got two lanes that are supposed to be going south on 45 and they're not solid and the th the the third lane one mm -hmm. of them gets completely backed up by all the people trying to cut in like you said and mm -hmm. then my favorite is the farthest right lane gets backed up by the people who think they're more clever than the people that are cutting into that line. And they're going all the way up to the top yeah, and, yeah. Stopping and stopping all four all lanes of traffic. Front. Yep, yep, exactly. Well, uh, all of this, uh, all of these moral dilemmas make me want to drink. And on today's show, we're going to do plenty of that. In fact, Chris Morris, who is our uh, resident cocktail expert and bartender for the show, has not only come on with uh, some exciting cocktails for us for the holidays, but he has also brought today's mystery beverage. And I see Ian it smells fruity, sniffing it with with a, a look of perplexity it on your face. Smells citrus fruity. It does smell citrus fruity. Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity, perhaps. Let's oh. uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't taste like it smells. It sort of. Ooh. Oh, that's not what I expected. Not at all. Um it's so cinnamony. it tastes exactly as I expected. So, yeah, but you knew what it was. <laughs> so is Fair. this a, is this a cinnamon unless you didn't look when you were pouring it. Is this a cinnamon schnapps? It is not. And see, that's what it really tastes like to me. Because used to back in the day. When I was like DJing in nightclubs and stuff, 
uh, we would we would always do shots of and Jaeger e- and... either either <laughs> shots of like Rumplemints or shots of uh, uh, you know Goldschlager Goldschlager yeah. Yeah. Gold yeah. uh, with beers or, but or, at least or the fire and ice if you were poor at in least, college at least the uh, <laughs> at least the uh, peppermint schnapps left your breath minty fresh if you were so this you is know, like a cinnamon a chance of getting lucky this is like night. a cinnamony is this like a Christmassy you are in liqueur. the bar. You are in the ballpark. Yes, it's like a cinnamon liqueur of some sort. And so this is straight from a bottle. You didn't. This mix is this, right? this is straight from the bottle. A bottle or can. I the, suppose the bottle is now empty. <laughs> okay, you, you have the last of this. All right. So uh, I actually like it in about the same way that I like Rumplemints or or you know. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, which is Jaeger. on about that. Yeah. T- uh, yeah, see, Jaeger's no, no. its all weather Fine. thing. Yeah, yeah. You can have, you can get me with your, uh, with your minty liqueur, but fermented beets—that's not for me. Fermented not- cabbage—that's <laughs> not for me. Sorry, just not. So Jaeger, like I, I, I don't do shots anymore. I just yeah. I, I gave it up years right. ago, and I realized that anytime you're drinking whiskey, if you do a shot, everything tastes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Uh, Jaeger, not being whiskey, of course, mm-hmm. um, is the opposite. Like if you if you try to just sip it, it's yeah. real bad. Uh, see, but, well, see, that's the thing. If the alcohol is bad enough, shots are better because they just get it over with quicker. <laughs> There's yeah? that. That's that's just exactly it. But so, what are we dealing with here? Uh, you we wanna, are dealing with uh, the big reveal, is what we call this. The big reveal. The big golden bachelor reveal. Three olives, limited edition. Eggnog vodka. Eggnog, uh, eggnog vodka. Wow. wow. I would never. So you just mix up some eggs and some nogs and toss this in there? I, you're good. I was, we were on a like river Airbnb for, I believe, our anniversary a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. And we ran out of alcohol. We planned poorly. <laughs> so I just find the only liquor store in a 10 mile radius yeah. and on the shelf. I see limited edition eggnog vodka, and I'm a simple man. I see interesting thing. I buy interesting thing. <laughs> so, do you like this? Uh, I think it definitely has. App- it is nowhere it near as bad as I thought it was going to yeah. be when I first bought I'll, it. I'll go with you on that. I'll go with you on that. There's some of the flavored vodkas that I look uh, this is, at on the shelf, and I think this is. Can I who, say thought, who thought we needed this that? This is way better than than yeah. like almost any. I, I'm sure. Like if, if I'm sure if I, if I sat down and like. Did some work on this and like really thought about it. You could turn this into like a really delicious, a really good cocktail, cocktail of sorts. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got some of that like. Well, I'll say it has flavor. That's for sure. And it's coming in at thirty percent. I kind of like it. Can, uh, have, have not ever... like I'm not like it. Like I'm going to go out and buy a bottle. Yeah. But like it, like I'm I would, enjoying if it. I, if I saw this, I would buy it because I think my wife would find it very interesting. <laughs> yeah. She would do it. The, the, like, the, yeah, she'd find little, a way to make it really fun. Yeah, like instantly, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Like, I would drink this with some like pineapple juice. Well, like, three, accents that like creaminess. Have, you're like, it's, now, have, have you ever tried it with with eggnog? No, we've only done shots of this. Okay, <laughs> I, I have I have a bottle of um, like horseradish infused vodka. Yeah, that's nasty. There's, there's, have you ever only, tried it with horseradish? One application for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's Bloody Marys, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, there's yeah. like you can't do anything else. With I'm that. not a fan of the. You horseradish. don't want to do shots of that either. Yeah, I'm not a fan of horseradish flavor, but I just want to point out that Chris brought this bottle. Hold that up, Ian. Yeah, he's only done shots. From that, so I just want to point out that's a got lot two of days ago. That's a lot of shots. Yeah, so uh, fascinating stuff. Well, welcome to the program. We are going to be tasting some holiday cocktails on the show today. We'll also be uh, tasting some beers that I brought along from Phase Three Brewing, their Mexican style lager uh, from. 
Parish Brewing Company. Really excited mm, about this. Parish make good stuff. Yeah, so they make Ghost in the Machine, which is probably the first or second best IPA in the world. It's pretty fantastic. It's really, IPA. really good. And they've now turned it into a double. Today we'll be trying the Holy Ghost double IPA. Okay, so oh, interesting. you do because, love me. Yeah. Because... Um, the, uh, the, the uh, Lone Pine makes their double. They yellow make a rose, double Yellow Rose, which is also on that really good. list of the one or two best IPAs in the world. So uh, one can I uh, left in my house. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'll be right over. Uh, and then also from uh, Blanco, Texas, from Real Ale Brewing Company, we'll be trying their Black Quad Quadruple Ale today on the I program. love that. Yeah. So I figured you would like that. Uh, plus, we'll tell you about some cigars to watch for. Uh, new ruling has been introduced on the premium cigar and FDA front. We'll tell you about that. And of course, we'll be bringing you uh, the most popular segment on this program. It's a little thing we call Drinking News. And today's Drinking News teaser headline. It's not such a small world after all. And we'll be getting to that coming up. It's a shame Docs isn't here, by the way. Anytime there's anything even vaguely Disney-themed, I almost wish Docs <laughs> gotta, was here because he's, Docs, yeah. he and his wife are big Disney fans. You remember uh, when we were over at his house, he and he's got, they've got that big Disney uh, mm -hmm. Christmas display, remember, that we saw? Yeah, did you go upstairs and see his train set? Yes, pretty, it's pretty outrageous. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. Wait, Docs on the train set? Yeah, uh, and yeah. all Disney-themed. I'm, the, I'm at the same time surprised and not surprised yeah, at all. Exactly. <laughs> there, there are some he, things he's a complicated world. man. Some things in the world that just follow right yeah. yeah yeah but doc's done that thing where you know he's made the nerd kid cool like i guarantee you when he was a kid he was the nerd and like got teased <laughs> and stuff but he's come out on top in the long run you know? i would i would have given young docs a wedgie like, <laughs> a swirly yeah. i thought you wanted to give current docs a wedgie <laughs> didn't you say that no i no I, I treat him we, i treat him nice because he brings we, me rum and uh, cognac. yeah yeah he, and he's and yeah. a good guy even even if he didn't come bearing gifts he's a good guy so, we enjoy uh, having him on the program our good friend Andrew Doxakis. That's an inside Andrew joke Doxakis. from when we had him on the show last, if you missed it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get to our uh, cigar reviews coming up, and we're going to start talking beer. We're going to start talking holiday cocktails and uh, see if we can't talk uh, Chris out of another little pour of that eggnog-flavored Three Olives Vodka. Coming up, it's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our guest, things. Mr. Chris Morris, our, uh, our celebrity bartender. And uh, Ian, did you have any, the, the opportunity to smoke anything interesting I this did. Week? I picked up a Placencia 151. Oh, 151. Yeah, so uh, they, they put these out once in a while, um, and it celebrates the 151st harvest mm -hmm. uh, that they've had since 18-something. Which is pretty awesome. This was a um, five and three quarter by forty six uh, Corona Gorda. Uh, it's a Honduran Puro. Uh, the appearance on this espresso, dark espresso in color on the outside, somewhat veiny, oily, uh, leathery, firm feel overall. Two bands plus a footer on it looks really nice. You see it in the picture right here. The pre light sniff on this rich earth and coffee. Um, the prelate draw, I used a punch, had a medium draw on it, coffee and sweet floral, uh, floral notes coming through on the uh, prelate draw. The initial light blast of bold coffee and spicy earth followed by an underlying sweetness with notes of chocolate and pecan. Uh, retrohale is cinnamon and wood with a touch of spice. The first third of this coffee and mocha set the pace closely followed by chocolate and fruity notes. 
full flavor profile right off the bat with massive plumes of dense, flavorful smoke. Uh, the retrohale is uh, sweet coffee, uh, pecan, cinnamon, solid ash, perfect burn. Mm. Placencia, man. Yeah. <clears throat> um, going on. The second third of this, more pecan and cinnamon, sweet, dark fruit, and brownie batter, all under the umbrella of bold coffee. Retrohale is oak uh, coffee and cinnamon, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this, smoke rings. There's a picture of me blowing mm, smoke nice. rings right yeah, here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, oak and brownie batter with coffee uh, and cinnamon and pecan. It's all these same things just keep swirling around all throughout this cigar. Um, if you're into a full-flavored cigar, buy this. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Uh, Retro Hales, oak, sweet coffee and cinnamon, solid ash, perfect burn. I paid $13 for this thing. Yeah. That's a premium cigar. Yes, it is. I give it a six. It was nice. outrageously good. It awesome. burned perfect. Awesome. Well, I want to talk to you today about something a little different. Most cigars have names that evoke Latin American culture, right? La Aroma de Cuba, Arturo Fuente, Hoya de Monterrey, La Gloria Cubana, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But not all companies go that route when naming their cigars. When Foundry Cigars, which is a rather upstart young mm -hmm. company that's really beginning to make a mark for themselves in the cigar market, uh, when they decided to name this one, they didn't go with anything with a la in it or anything that sounded distinctly Cuban. Instead, they went with Chillin' Moose. Chillin' Moose. Chillin' Moose. El Moose Frio. You can see the namesake <laughs> moose on the cigar band if you look closely. It's black on gray, so it's a little hard to see up here. But uh, what I found a little odd is that the eyes are glowing red. To me, it looks a little more like possessed moose <laughs> than chillin' moose. But hey, who am I to judge, right? The uh, chillin' moose Corona uses a blend of Nicaraguan, Dominican, U.S. broadleaf, and Mexican San Andres tobacco beneath an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and a Connecticut Habano Rosado wrapper. So interesting tobacco, yeah, yeah. for sure. The pre-light on this was fairly mild. Slight cocoa note, a hint of something spicy on the nose, along with hay and aged tobacco. I used a punt, uh, a punt, I used a punch, and I lit the moose up and uh, definitely did not get a Nicaraguan pepper blast. In fact, everything stayed pretty mellow right from the beginning. Light grassy note, hints of cocoa, and a hard to define spiciness, maybe paprika. I don't know. I'm not good sometimes at mm -hmm. differentiating my spices like I should be. It was savory rather than sweet. Pleasant, not too strong, and just interesting enough to keep you going. Now, one thing I noticed was the difference in the mouthfeel of the smoke. You know how you describe some smoke of some cigars as being big and kind of mm -hmm. chewy? This moose was the opposite of that. Oh. It was much thinner. Uh, it, it wasn't bad, necessarily. I just happened to notice that it wasn't that big sort of beefy right. smoke no, no uh, mouthfeel. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of change in flavor in the second <clears throat> third. Some baking spice, a hit of chocolate, grass, and hay. Pleasant, but not necessarily blowing me away. And the final third brought notes of cedar and some creaminess. Overall, the flavors in the chillin' moose didn't change a whole lot dramatically as it smoked, but a few new things kind of came and went. Strength was mild to medium bodied. Construction was quite good. Great news about the Chillin' Moose. It's actually not fair to compare it to an Oliva or my father or an AJ. It's not a $15 smoke or a $10 smoke or even an $8 smoke. The Foundry Chillin' Moose in the Corona size, less than $4. Mm. $3.80 at Cigars International. Less if you get a whole box. So, um, Foundry's Chillin' Moose, despite the way the moose on the band seemed like it kept watching me while I smoked it. Price to quality, six. Nice. And we'll be right back. It's smoking and Toast. Yes. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toast. And our show is all about craft beer. 
Oh, that sounds good. Craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, if you were listening on the podcast version of the show, you might want to just like roll it back and hear that beer pouring. That was just a wonderful sound. A little bit, a little bit buried into the music, which uh, you know happens, but that's all right. We got, we got it. Um, quick uh, question for you, uh, gentlemen: What uh, name something that Texas and Pennsylvania have in common that has to do with cigars? Uh, Cigars International? Yeah, that's a good guess. And, in fact, that's what I was going for. Texas and uh, Pennsylvania seem to be in a competition to see which one can have the most Cigars International retail stores. Oh, wow. we got three that I know of. Ian and I did a broadcast from one of them from Uh Conroe, Texas. uh, And, honestly, it was awesome. I was very impressed. We will win. We have a lot more real estate. Texas (laughs) Texas has Cigars International locations in the colony. Conroe. Fort Worth, Katy, and San Antonio. Ah. And in Philadelphia, or in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, rather, there are two in Bethlehem, one downtown, one outside of town. I think that's where Cigars International is from. Right. Uh, right. Uh, there's one in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. There's one in South Fayette, Pennsylvania. And there's about to be another one in Pittsburgh. They just announced they're building a nice. Cigars International store in Pittsburgh. So on the one hand, I have this, you know, love for the little mom and pop stores or the ones, you know, even if they're not mom and pop ones like Stogie's that get out there and just like slug it out and and fight with the big boys. But on the other, Cigars International stores are so well done. They really are. They really are. Well, they do it like like around here. They do it with a full bar and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a nice draw for it. You know, there's yes, there's a difference. A lot of the places we go. that are the mom and pop stores will allow you to bring in whatever you want to drink, and it could be, that, which is also a nice. Yeah, thing. it could be. By the way, that the uh, uh, that the, not all of the stores have bars because it may have to do with the laws in the, the places laws, where yeah. where they are, or it could be that they're only building them in places where they can have bars as well. So that'd be something to uh, something to try. You know what I really want to go to is is it called Fire? That's Rocky Patel's place in uh, in uh, Florida, in, in Miami, right? In Miami, yeah. I think. And there, there was. For a while, there were whispers that he was going to build one in the greater Houston area, but I don't think it ever came to pass. That would be awesome. That would really be awesome. I would support you, Rocky. Go for it. That's right. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, well, you're watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. want to say a uh, big shout out to New Orleans, by the way. We are on the air in New Orleans now, and that's a, a really cool thing. That's pretty thing. exciting, right? Yeah, and we're going to have to plan a road trip for next year to go and celebrate in New Orleans. Can you imagine doing an entire show on location in New Orleans? Oh, that would be a blast. You, you think we're tipsy by the end of the show here. <laughs> It would be it would be just out of control in in the very best possible way. Ian, we heard you open the beer. What did you pour us today? So this is the Phase Three um, uh, Brewing Company Mexican Style Lager. So we've had a number of good beers from these guys mm-hmm. on the show. We've had uh, other lagers, and we had a uh, double dry hopped IPA that was really nice too. Uh, but this is their Mexican Style Lager, and it's uh, it's almost getting to that point of the year. That people stop drinking Mexican style lagers and go for other styles, except here where we live in Texas, where we continue to drink them at least when we're having Mexican food. Well, that's because we do, in the winter, we do year round. So. Well, in the winter uh, here in Texas, when you wake up in the morning and it's freezing cold at 46 to 52 right. degrees, and you then call in the your afternoon, neighbor and you go, damn, it's cold. In the afternoon, the sun comes out and it's, you know, 70. Yeah. And then by evening, it's back down again. So mm-hmm. I don't think Mexican style lagers go out. Yeah, of prob- style here. At prob- all. Probably not. Not <laughs> not not here. And even so if go great with tamales. Yeah, I was gonna say it's even if they truly. do, if you had tamales, tamales, or if you had a plate of enchiladas, yeah. 
This yeah. is really nice. Uh, there, yeah, I do like this too. There's some really nice Mexico style lagers out there, uh, especially made here in uh, Houston area. This is really nice. This is a good job. Mm -hmm. It's got just a. I don't know how to describe it or put a label on that flavor, but if if I were tasting this blind, I would say that's a Mexican lager. Like it's got yeah, that Mexican it's got a lager taste to it. Like to it. Yeah, I feel like this would be a good gateway too for someone who wanted to try um, a craft beer, but really. Uh, doesn't want to try anything too outrageous. Right, but if you can drink a Tecate or a Dos Equis, this could be a step in the quality I'm amazed, direction I'm for amazed. You. If you can choke down some of those, <laughs> you would think you would have to like these. I think I'm just spoiled by so many incredibly well-made Mexican-style lagers that yeah. this one just isn't really hitting for me. The, really? Okay, so, the, the, so the what's missing? What's missing for I mean, you? The best thing about this is it's 5.5%, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. <laughs> um, as opposed to 4.5%. Yeah, as opposed to, to 45 or 4 Um there's always this like sort of like little bit of like bitterness or funkiness that mm -hmm. like is so trademark in that Mexican style, and here it kind of misses for me. And like the 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 finish is just kind of thin. It would make a really great gateway beer for somebody who's coming from like macros and wants to try something. Mm -hmm. I think they would enjoy this, but I think I'm just spoiled by how many really great. Mexican style lagers we have mm, actually true anomaly scout yeah. there yeah. oh yeah oh, exactly that one so is, good. that one is wonderful and and to be fair we're not tasting this up alongside it but true. I didn't I didn't necessarily find anything missing in fact as soon as I had my first couple of sips of this I immediately wanted a plate of fajitas <laughs> <laughs> and like to, and to give them credit they're from Illinois which is nowhere close to Mexico so. that's that's true uh, that and, and maybe true. a squeeze of lime gives me like that extra bitterness and mm -hmm. like. That little bit of like depth that I'm missing, but I never harm lime when I'm drinking beer. Yeah, no limes are harmed during the uh, drinking sessions, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Except if it's margaritas. But, yeah, then I'll. Then you go for it. Yeah, yeah. then limes you gotta have gotta have the fresh squeezed lime in a margarita, and and I'll give you a hint. Which Chris, cover your ears because this will probably you know this will probably just be you know run uh, against everything that you believe, but if you are making margaritas with a margarita mix. A good way to make that actually work is use a margarita mix, but still squeeze at least half of a lime into your uh, margaritas. I'm leaving. It'll, no, I'm, I'm just saying it'll help. Don't don't forget to double the uh, tequila. Well, that's the most important thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. If the if the drink recipe on the side of the uh, of the bottle that you get of the uh, pre made margarita mix says you know one part tequila, two parts that, just flip it. Just yeah. flip it. That will work better. I promise. I've, I've uh, gotten pretty spoiled on margaritas. Like, yeah. unless it's a nice, fresh margarita, I just generally am not that interested in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I, I, I will say I'm a little spoiled as well. It's gotten to the point now that not always, but sometimes, if my wife and I are someplace and she orders a margarita, she will wind up looking at me and saying, it's not as good as yours. And to me, that just, because I am not a good drink mixer at all. So when she says that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking Who's about the man? right there. Who's the man? Uh, <clears throat> but it, I should not brag about my skills making drinks when we've got a Chris Morris in the room. Because uh, this guy knows what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, I like this. Um, you know, I, 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 I see no It's like telling with. Mario Andretti you like to weave in and out of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so he, his name, if you think of it, is synonymous with, like, if you want to come up with a name for that illustration, it's going to be Mario Andretti. <laughs> yes. It's not going to be any of the NASCAR guys. It's not going to be any of the, you know, it's going to be him. He 
he's the one who became synonymous with all of that. Yeah, sure. I mean, in the, in the modern age, you might say Max Verstappen, but he's always in front, so he doesn't have to worry about traffic, <laughs> no traffic to deal with. <laughs> That's for sure. And whatever happened to Dick Trickle? Oh, that was the greatest name that was in actual, racing history. Actual real name actual of a NASCAR name. racer. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and you had to say it serious. Like those those commentators, they always had to go on there and say it seriously. You yeah. Know? Oh, right. It's Dick just... Trickles leading the pack. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to know there's some good like. Uh, you know, uh, off mic uh, uh, tape rolling around somewhere of those guys making good jokes about that that they can't do on the air. That's uh, that's that's great. Uh, a couple of cigars to watch for. You might want to be on the lookout for Boliche Boulevard. It's big, it's limited, and it has a retail price of twelve ninety nine, which is a, a about as much as the West Tampa Tobacco Company is willing to disclose about its newest cigar called Boliche Boulevard, which already is showing up in uh, cigar shops. Tampa locals will recognize the name. It's a reference to Columbus Drive, which is a major east-west road in the Florida city that's known for its Cuban and Latino restaurants. Boliche is a Cuban pot roast, ah. a hearty dish of eye round beef uh, stuffed with ham and often served with a side of rice. It isn't fancy, but it's a part of the sort of common Cuba culinary uh, tradition. That sounds delicious. Uh, so the cigar uh, was... Uh, well, they aren't giving us much of the blend details other than confirming that it would, the tobacco itself was purchased from the uh, Oliva Tobacco Company. Mm. And uh, at 6 by 60 the cigars come in 50-count boxes and are produced in Nicaragua uh, and uh, at a, uh, a location that's partly owned by Oliva. So only 500 boxes being produced. Might be something to look for. See if your cigar store... We'll open one of those 500 count boxes <laughs> and uh, let you, or sorry, 50, 50 count, boxes, count boxes. Sorry. And, uh, and let you try one at a time. Because yeah. it, it's really hard for me to go all in on a 50 count box of something I've never tried there before. There is that. You know? Yeah. There is that. It's probably going to be good. What was the name of the placentia that you uh, had? The 151. Okay, so that's... Uh, Co, uh, that, Co, Co, yeah, uh, Coseca? Co, yeah. Coseca 151. It was originally planned for an August release, but it is at retailers now. Ian mm -hmm. had one and reviewed it and really liked it. According to the Placencia family, um, the 151 is made with Honduran tobacco from their 151st harvest, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, uh, which took place in 2016 and 2017. They say that particular growing season produced a banner crop in Honduras. Yeah, it's a great so it's one of the reasons that they... Uh, that they do that. It, this is the third brand in their Coseca series. There was a 146, which came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. That's no longer made. And uh, it was followed by the 149 in 2021. And now the 151. So just to say that cigar that Ian loves so much, that's available now, but it will be for a limited time. Mm -hmm. So if you want one. And they have it at three sizes, yeah, too. If you want one, go out and grab it. Uh, Chris, what are, you, uh, what are you springing on us next? I see you've got something. It looks cold and delicious. And by the way, I love your uh, Cobra Head uh, stirring stick. What do you call? Officially called uh, the stirring stick? Bar spoon. Bar spoon. Bar spoon. Bar spoon. Okay. I thought a bar spoon was what I used to eat the food they served at the bar, but <laughs> I had no idea it was a special thing. Uh, could I have a uh, some napkins and a uh, bar spoon, please, for the soup? <laughs> Uh, bartender may look at you funny. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I'm sure you'll tell us what you got wrapped up in all of this, but it looks just absolutely delicious. Now, is this a uh, 
This is this is a special holiday cocktail. Is yeah, right? this is a little gingerbread old fashioned. Oh, oh I like this idea already. I, I told my wife was coming on, and she's like, "You should do a gingerbread syrup and make an old fashioned." I'm like, "That's a really good idea." <laughs> All right, we'll pass these around. Turns and... out she's the actual creative bones in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like relatively oh, simple. That smells so good. Yeah, real simple cocktail. So this is Dickel Bourbon Eight Year, fantastic base for spirits. Doesn't break the bank. Uh, and then yeah, no, just, this is like thirty-five ish a bottle, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is so good yeah, it's, on its own. It's a super high quality spirit. It's, it mixes cocktails incredibly yeah. well. Um, so the syrup here is just two parts uh, brown sugar to water uh, dissolved in. Once that's all nice and silky smooth, add in some freshly cut ginger, a little cinnamon, some allspice, and some clove, and just kind of let that sit there and hang out and infuse for a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then I finished it off. With this is, this is an old bottle of Bergen Hawk, which is uh, bitter truth. Now I figured it would make sense because this was given to me as a holiday present from a regular uh-huh. of mine years ago, um, recreation of an 1860s recipe. But you can use classic Angostura. Just one dash in there. There's already all this cool baking spice going on. Just want mm-hmm. a little bit of texture. Yeah. Okay. And this is uh, this is most definitely gingerbread on the finish. It's mm. delicious up front on the palate. You really get the gingerbread, that gingerbread cookie vibe. Yeah. After you uh, have actually swallowed, the finish is lingering. The 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 bourbon flavor in here is so good too. It's just, it it's so part of the drink. You know, it's just exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, bourbon has that like. I really like bourbon for my old fashioned. A lot of people like rye. I tend to think the spiciness of rye is better for like a Manhattan where you have all the herbs coming off of the vermouth. I like the natural sweetness of bourbon for old fashions because you're already adding some like sweet stuff to it. Right. You're already getting all that like caramel and vanilla. Yeah. So we're bringing in all these holiday spices. I think bourbon's the way to go. But it's super versatile. You can add a little bit of this into, and you could chuck some of this in your margarita with yeah. fresh lime and orange liqueur. Well, no, uh, I, I'm totally with you. I wasn't in any way trying to imply <laughs> That it was just as good to use margarita mix. I'm just saying that fresh lime is a way to make, if I'm that's sure what you're is. doing, you add some fresh lime, it'll be better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure it would, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like there's nothing like offending a purist. It's the most awesome thing ever, right? Yeah. Sometimes I do it. His just, body language is awesome yeah. too. You kind of start putting the shoulder towards sometimes, you. Yeah. So, I'm not offended. You're the one that has yeah. to drink it. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I do it just to be like, just to be to you know, piss people no, off. Like, don't get me wrong. If I'm at a, if I'm yeah. at a Tex-Mex restaurant and they've got a frozen margarita. I'm not going to sit here and question how it's made. Uh, I'm just yeah. going to drink it. Yeah. It's okay. Exactly. There's exactly. a time and a place for everything. But see, it is fun, though, to, to But get... this is an internationally known <laughs> podcast but with esteemed palates. Understand we are f- better than that. Understand how fun it is <laughs> to yank people's chain, though. Can you imagine going on to, like, a Star Wars podcast and going, well, you know, Star Wars is okay, but really Star Trek is the better <laughs> oh, That's the kind of stuff I like to do, right? Oh, just, so, just cause trouble. So this has nothing to do with cocktails, but um, when I played a lot of poker and it was my second job, uh, you find ways to entertain yourself at the table. And anytime there was anyone British at the table, we go, hey, what's your favorite Beatles song? And they'd say something, and I'm like, I think mine's No Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, that this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like bringing up margarita mix oh, yeah. with you in the room. I absolutely love it. we got to take a break, and we will return. <laughs> it's spoken and toasted. Please allow me to introduce myself. Coming up. <laughs>
smoking and toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 358, which uh, puts us exactly... Uh, Halfway to 400, yeah. Absolutely. I'm still enjoying sipping on this cocktail that uh, Chris poured us in the last segment. This is your uh, gingerbread old-fashioned, right? Yes. And we'll go through uh, the ingredients. Like, how do you make this again for people who have heard us rave about it but may not have been uh, ready to, to remember everything that you did? So. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I like bourbon for old fashions. The the sort of sweetness that you get from the corn, I think, matches particularly all the baking spices we're making here. So we have Dickel 8. Uh, the syrup itself, two parts brown sugar to water. Uh, Get the water nice and hot. Don't take it all the way to a boil. Mm -hmm. uh, slowly add it in. Dissolve it. Once it's all dissolved, nice, silky smooth. Uh, add in some fresh ginger, just cut pretty roughly. Uh, some cracked cinnamon sticks, some allspice berries, some clove. Just literally, like, run out to H-E-B. Spend 10 bucks. Makes, like, a yeah. bunch of syrup. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and then, yeah, so just two parts of that. A quarter ounce of the syrup. It doesn't take much. Um, it's really intensely flavored. Uh, brown sugar in particular, nice, big, and punchy. Mm. Uh, and then just a dash of bitters. I used uh, this Bergen Hawk, which is mm -hmm. uh, Bitter Truth now. It was a gift from a regular of mine years ago. You can use Angostura. It's going to just give you some more cinnamon, some more clove. It kind of um, does it bring those flavors out, or does it actually have those flavors? It has in those it? flavors in it. Ang okay. Angostura, I find to be really heavy on the clove, mm -hmm. um, but it's all about like the actual the bittering elements there's a there's a mouthfeel um we mm -hmm. describe bitters and cocktails as like our salt and pepper right right so like if you make a manhattan and you leave the bitters out it's gonna taste fine but there's gonna be just something missing I just totally the same as like if you don't if you don't that. like see you can cook a beautiful steak to the perfect temperature but if it's not see like if seasoned, not and, you, seasoned and you don't get that crust just yes, right yes, it just yes. doesn't hit the same way bitters are very much the same that's kind of our salt that's our spice cabinet mm -hmm. if you will. okay I, I love it i love it well thanks for going back through that because i think i think uh understanding how to make these cocktails is and and by the way if you're like me don't be afraid to do it and get better as you go because like the first, you know, the first uh, cocktails that I made, the first time I made a vodka gimlet, it was okay, right? I mean, it, it's now literally my vodka no gimlets different. Are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah? it's it's no different than than cooking. Like right. the first time you do it, you're gonna make a, hopefully a passable version of it. You're gonna practice a little bit. You're gonna get it right. Like nobody makes the perfect French omelet on the the first try, mm -hmm. or like except for Julia Child, she she would do that. And <laughs> no, it would be like perfect so. Weirdly enough, I wrote basically an essay on this the other day. Um, so, like, part of what made Julia Child um, so great on The French Chef was we didn't have the editing capabilities back in the day. Mm -hmm. So all of her mistakes and all of her gaffes and all of her, like, like sort of mistakes were on display. And it right. gave, like, humanity to what she was doing. And, and then, of course, she people... had that horrible voice that made it all, right. like, so much better. But, but that's why people like her. I can't tell if that was because... Julia Child or Mickey Mouse. It was it was <laughs> kind of like a combination. If Mickey and Julia had a uh, child, that's what they would sound like. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. that, was, that was a little scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I've been watching the HBO uh, series Julia. It's actually quite good. It's fantastic. And, and I've really, really been enjoying it. But just from watching that, Assuming it's somewhere close to the real life story, uh, you very much was. You learned that it it was her her realness yeah. that people mm -hmm. liked, and so what what you said about making the mistakes and and keeping them in the program mm -hmm. uh, was part of what made people like this. And this, I've really taken to heart because I think people are going to love smoking and toasting. 
Right. Because we make lots of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and they just stay right here in the show. They're recorded. Yeah. yeah. They're right we, here. We don't the edit show. them out. There, yeah. there, there is no fix it in post, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the only thing we have to fix is now that we're on broadcast radio, we have to have Adam in the cloud, our producer. Fix it whenever uh, uh, we have Chris Hart on and he drops the f bomb. Yeah, That's, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But like going going back to cocktails, right? Like whatever your favorite cocktail is, whether it's margarita, whether it's daiquiri, old fashioned, mm-hmm. like just learn how to make it the classic way. And once you have like the bones in place, then you can just kind of just play with it, tweak it a little bit. This is the exact same recipe with like that I would make in a restaurant for a classic old fashioned, just with a different bitters and a different syrup. And and it I love the subtlety of this. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't just like punch you in the face. It's just nice and and easy to drink, and yet you you can you can tell that you're drinking a quality cocktail. It's, well, not only that, but it's it's an old fashioned with a twist, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's it's really kind of nice. I can almost see this garnished with like a little peppermint stick. Well, yeah, I like it. Make it even more holiday. If there wasn't so much wood and flammable material in here, I'd probably take like an orange peel and like a match and like oh, kind of flame right. those oils mm. over the top. But love that. Uh, I would like to see the show continue and not burn and, down and, your and wonderful studio. And here. we appreciate that. For those of you who uh, are, are on one of our uh, radio affiliates who only take the first hour of the show. This is our time to bid you adieu and remind you that you can check out the second hour uh, at uh, YouTube. Smoking and Toasted on YouTube is a good place to get it. And wherever you get your podcast. Also for Josh and Bruce, yeah. thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasted. What was that thing that dropped right at first? That was awesome. Oh. Okay, I didn't see that. <laughs> Love it. Welcome back. It's Smoke and Toast in hour number two on uh, show number, what did I say it was? 358. It's, it it's easy. It's halfway to 400. Yeah, halfway so to 400. You 400 by do two, the math. 358. Yeah. You just do the math. Um, so this is going to be, I, I feel like, a momentous uh, occasion for us here on Smoke and Toasting because I who I'm, I'm totally I'm all in on IPAs. I love IPAs. Uh, I I like almost all of them. I love the uh, uh, the different varieties of them. You almost can't get too hoppy for me. Ian is kind of the other end of the spectrum. He likes only IPAs that have a certain. It's got to be a balance. real good, yeah, really balanced balance IPA. To us. So it's always interesting. I'm when, I'm Goldie Hops. I'm the balance of yeah, all of it. Yeah, okay, so it's always interesting. When Ian and I agree, <laughs> too much, not enough, yeah, just, just right. right. <laughs> but it's always interesting when Ian and I agree on an IPA, and there have been a, a number of them, but but fewer. I would say we agree on IP, uh, fewer IPAs than we disagree on. Would you say that? Right? I'd say so. Yeah. Okay, so both of us are big fans of, of course, the uh, Lone Pint Yellow Rose, and both That's... of us are enormous fans of Parish Brewing out of Broussard, Louisiana. Their IPA, it's I'm, a hazy. You've just named Ghost two of the, the greatest IPAs out there, right? And I and we both feel that way. Yeah. So I say all of that as background for the fact that we're now about to try Parish Brewing's attempt to go a little further with their IPA. This one is a what they call on their website a mind melting double IPA. They call it Holy Ghost, and let me read you what it says on their website about this particular brew. It says, prepare. To receive thy hoppy grace, Holy Ghost. I can smell this just passing it around. It's, it's, it's pretty outrageous <laughs> right out of the... Witness the powerful notes of intense fresh tropical fruit, grapefruit, blackcurrant, and powerful 
dankness. It, I don't know if I've ever heard those two words used together like that. Powerful, powerful dankness. dankness. I yep. have, but it was a it was a cop a, in, in, in West Texas, and he was talking about my car. Yeah, we did for you. Paper towel. Oh, paper towel. Uh, That's right. Don't worry. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Uh, it goes on to say it's brewed thick with oodles of oats and raw wheat, and completely dry hopped to saturation with equal amounts of Nelson Sauvin, Galaxy, and Citra Cryo. Holy Ghost is a mind-melting 10% ABV encounter like none before. And these guys always get the benefit of the doubt from me, Parish Brewing, because they've oh, yeah. done such a fantastic so job. So this smells really, yeah. really yeah. good. Yeah, so you smell the pineapple. You know how much we love uh, Ghost in the Machine. Yeah. This would be its big brother. So it'll be interesting to see. What you think? God, I love it on the nose. Hark the Hoppy Angels. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Mm. So the name always. Re- so the name reminds me a whole lot of uh, this is of uh, Eddie Izzard and his Dress to Kill, or I guess Susie Izzard now. <laughs> Susie Holy Ghost. Ghost. Holy Ghost. This is outrageous. Yeah. Like, outrageously big, outrageously hoppy. It's everything. Yeah, it is. It, that's a good way to say it. it's outrageously everything. This will yeah. wreck your palate for anything else you're going to have. My understanding, and I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is that this may be a limited release. Oh, know, wow. This is not something they're going to have out on the market all oh. the time. All right. So just for giggles, <laughs> mm-hmm. I took a sip of bourbon. After I drank this, I don't know how that would work. It just tastes like barley water. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, uh, That's how big this IPA is. <laughs> it, it is in fact massive. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So I, I it's interesting. They call this a double, and in in reality, double IPAs are considered imperial, or imperials are usually in the same range as double. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I've I always think of double as just a little bit lower than imperial, right? Uh, but this is one of the biggest IPAs I think I've ever had. Like it's just I mean, this huge. is up there. This is up there with uh, uh, um, Stone. Yes, uh, uh, like some of their more outrageous uh, IPAs and stuff and, like and that. Can we talk about how this can art is like a morbid angel album? Cover. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So Parish with their Ghost in the Machine obviously has the skull and the flowers and all of that. So uh, this is this is almost this is, like a this is the hop melting out of the skull's yeah, mind. I love this. See, this That's is pretty just amazing. Like, it's like reading comics when I was a kid, except <laughs> except it's drinking beer. Yeah, this is this is way more fun. Yeah, this is way more. I I absolutely love this. Now I will say though, I mean I would I would definitely drink this floating down the river. Yeah, see that. Okay, there you go. I was just about to say this to me is special occasion, right? This is not. <laughs> this wouldn't be my everyday IPA. This, this why is, not? Oh, I was just trying to imagine being like ten percent IPA drunk on like the <laughs> river. That sounds awful. This is a ten percent uh, beer. You know, it really is. It's. Uh, I mean, I would do it, but I'm not saying I wouldn't regret it later. Come well, to you know, everyone talks about like the summer beers and stuff like that. I'll, I'll drink a barley wine floating down the river. I don't care. Yeah. I, and have done it before. Yeah, I was going to say he's not like just making a claim. <laughs> there, there, there are witnesses. This is, yeah. this is backed up oh, yeah. by uh, by actual experience. Uh, but just back to Holy Ghost, you got to get one of these. And wow, try it. you got to. If you are an IPA fan. This is something special. This is your it's holy really grail. Is what yeah. it is. It's really something special. No, it's the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Ghost it says okay. it right there on the can. Fair enough. I misspoke. This is this is kind of like um, like if you took the ninety minute and made it more. It's not mm-hmm. one hundred and twenty minute, which is a very different thing. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is like if you took the ninety minute from Dogfish Head and just made it even 
more outrageous. This so, is, yeah. but, and then made it incredible. Look how hazy this is. This well, is not even. That's like, what I was about to say. Like 120 minute is a wonderful beer, but it is not in any way, shape, or form juicy. No. You know, no. <laughs> it is it is the antithesis of that. <laughs> uh, but this is this is like a juicy 120. It's yeah, it, it kind of not quite as big, but mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like if you poured that whole can into a glass, the glass would bulge a little bit. It's so big. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. I really can. It's, I this can. is just massive. Yeah, there's a reason they had to put it in a can that's, and not a glass bottle. That's, that's right. Uh, <laughs> you had to give it room to expand, <laughs> yeah. so it wouldn't burst on the shelf. No, kudos to Parrish. This is so good. Yeah, definitely so. And I and I I just want to go on record with this. I feel like breweries in the South, particularly in Texas, this brewery in Louisiana, do not get the same sort of uh, gravitas as breweries either in the Northeast or on the West Coast. If you think about it, you know, because of some of the great beer that has come out of the New England area over the uh, mm. you know, over the years, out of Northern and Southern California and out of, you know, Oregon and Washington State. I think there's a tendency to not recognize how great some of the craft breweries are in Texas by people who don't live Look, here Parish, and Louisiana. Parish brewing is so good yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, then, like, you know, we, we try a lot of Texas beers, obviously, because we're here in Texas. Right. But in most weeks, we'll, if we're trying three so beers, we'll have Texas one beers. of them probably is from Texas. And, and you know, wherever you are, uh, wherever you're listening to this, you can probably get Shiner Bach, and it's a good beer, yeah, too. Yeah, Texas beers are pretty readily available around the country, although there are some that really just focus on yeah. the state of Texas. St. Arnold comes to mind. Like, they're mm -hmm. a huge brewery in Texas, but they don't worry about trying to yeah, get their beers outside Yeah, they're considered a state. mid- Mid-sized yeah, brewery mid, now. Mid, yeah, mid-sized brewery. In fact, they won mid-sized brewery of the year several years yeah. ago. So, yeah, I mean, any, anytime um, me and my wife travel, we always try and hit uh, local the, breweries. Local we breweries, we yeah. love finding, like, the local beer bars. Um, so I've been very blessed to get to try, like, some of the iconic names, your Heady Toppers and your yeah, like, yeah. Lawson's and, and Pliny the Elders. Yeah. This is up there with some of the single I best ideas I've ever had. I completely agree. People who are, you know, waving their flag for Pliny or for uh, uh, Heady Topper, this is in that yeah, I mean, the, the, rarefied air. The, those are those are distinctly different styles. Those are those more, like, Piney, Danky. This is... This is one of the best, like, mm -hmm. particularly hazy is like, this yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. They know what they're doing in Broussard, Louisiana, ladies and gentlemen. Man. They really do. Brewbound, which is a great uh, craft beer site, has announced their 2023 award winners and rising stars. They gave Craft, craft Brewery of the Year, and I'm going to have to get us some beers from this place because I don't believe we've ever had any. They gave Craft Beer a Brewery of the Year to Waitsfield, Vermont's. Lawson's Finest Liquids, which I love the name. Mm. Lawson's Finest Liquids. Have you heard of Absolutely that? Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Have yeah. you had that before? Uh, I've I've had some of their stuff. Uh, their most famous IPA, I believe, is Sip of Sunshine, which is yes, incredible. I, I see one in the photo here. They've got Sip of Sunshine, Little Sip, Triple Sip, Hazy Rays. So they go for that uh, sunshine yeah, they, they, theme they, they with are, their they're very, they're very much deserving of all the press that they yeah. get. Large Brewery of the Year they gave to Athletic Brewing Company. And I will mention that Athletic... Uh, as some of the uh, uh, non-alcoholic beers that yeah, we tried, yeah, very low alcohol beers, non-alcoholic beer. Uh, like they, have, they have a couple of them that are coming in at like one and two percent. And I think they have a gluten-free too, don't yeah. they? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Beyond Beer Company of the Year they gave to Beatbox Beverages. 
Didn't we have a beatbox as one of our um, mystery beverages? Yes. Yeah. It was in the, it looks like kind of like a kid's juice box. It was it, a it pink had splat of oh, pink, pink lemonade. Yeah, yeah, pink lemonade. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. They gained uh, placements in 7 Eleven stores this year and launched a partnership with Avril Levine. Uh, and so they uh, <laughs> obviously are targeting the. Uh, Young disposable. They're making things complicated. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, The beer champions of the year were the National Black Brewers Association's founding members. It was a a much better year for uh, black owned breweries and black uh, operated breweries, at least in terms of them getting recognition. Mm -hmm. And the person of the year went to Garrett Moreiro from Maui Brewing. He's the founder and CEO there. And uh, they're rising stars. Now, these are the ones I'm almost the most interested in. Because these are the ones they're picking as they're going to be big. Right, right coming up big. Yeah. Uh, Alvarado Street Brewery in Monterey, California. Uh, big Grove Brewery in Iowa City, Iowa. Crowns and Hops Brewing in Inglewood, California. Uh, Doka Beer, which is spelled D-O-K-K-A-E. B-I-E-R, in Oakland, California, Stateside Vodka in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Torch and Crown Brewing Company in New York City, and Trace Brewing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So none of these I'm familiar with at all. Uh-uh. Are you? Uh, uh, yeah. No. Uh, but I think they are uh, going to be getting some real attention this year because Brewbound's a pretty, uh, pretty credible site. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I'm I'm so thrilled, uh, Chris, that you have had uh, beers from uh, Lawson's Finest Liquids that that you were able to, you know, to be here to go. Yep, it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of our just going, okay, looks looks there. The cans are pretty. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> delicious on print. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do our best to try to get some of those in here in the uh, in the months to come, so we can. Uh, Taste them and talk about them for you. And also because we just want to taste them. Like, we just want to taste more of this Holy Ghost. I like beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I pair it, I'm beside myself with this Parish. Parish, the, the Ghost of the Machine is so good anyway. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, before we could get it here on a regular basis, it was one of those cherished things where when someone bought a six-pack oh, yeah. coming through, everyone's like, hey, yeah. I got some of this. Yeah. 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 That's that's how good uh, that uh, is. Absolutely. Now, you uh, brought a beer you wanted to share uh, as well, didn't you? I did. I want to do this in the next segment then? Sure. Okay. I'm really excited because, you know, it, it's fun choosing the beers to bring on the show, but it can be even more fun being surprised by somebody is, is in terms my, of my Holy Ghost is showing its evaporative properties. Yeah, you know, I, I have noticed that it has a tendency to wreak havoc with the bottom of the cup. That's right. uh, God uh, has called the liquid back to its holy place. <laughs> <laughs> the urinal is its holy place? I didn't know. I didn't know. That's, uh, you went there. <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, I knew it was a shrine of sorts, a, uh, uh, the porcelain fixture. Uh, yeah. People you worship go. to it all that, the time. Ah, uh, do I feel sorry for those who only get the first hour? Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few more minutes, and you would have got all this. This yeah. is this is what, you're, and we haven't even gotten to drinking news, yeah. so <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. Uh, that is coming up, by the way. In addition to uh, drinking news, we have a little more tasting to do, including a. Uh, a really big one from Real Ale Brewing called Black Quad. It's their quadruple ale. Chris has brought something. He's going to uh, uh, lay on us here in just a couple of minutes. And I think we have... Uh, are we going to drink some of your whiskey, too? I Ian already did. Oh, okay. Well, I'm already in it. <laughs> then I'm feeling way behind. I don't think that's the I was, spirit I, like, we, I, I, still, I still got a whole other cocktail to go. So. Uh, I will catch up, and we'll be back with more. It's Smoking and Justin. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. 
craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and uh, we are enjoying uh, all of those things. Well, we're enjoying talking about the cigars. We're enjoying the beers and the spirits, and uh, it's that kind of a day here on Smoking and Toasting. Uh, He's getting it fired up. Ooh. Nice to dinner, and then you have to... Uh, okay, you got a little bounce from the mic cord, but that's okay. It was still good. Oh, <laughs> now that's your cup. That's Any your questions. Cup. Yeah. Uh, remind me not to challenge him to beer pong. Uh, as, he, as he bounced the thing off the yeah, table, it went right it, into the cup. It, exactly. Dude, uh, I don't know what you're pouring, but that looks amazing. I, it looks like maybe what I'm expecting this real ale quadruple to be. So I don't know if we're... Uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to taste I think that quad is going to be a little uh, lighter in color than you expect it to be. Could be. Could be. Let's see, let's see where it we're going It is also here. delicious. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we're going here. So this is uh this is some pens oil. Yes. <laughs> is this before or after the oil change? <laughs> after the oil this change. This looks beautiful. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, we've gone to the other side of the table. Yeah. Oh. We've gone to the dark side as wow, it were. smells. Beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't just right. stop it. It smells. What are you laying on us here? Do you it's want to tell not- us or you want us so, to taste first? You can taste it. So this is one of the most iconic names in high gravity stouts. Wow. Goose Island, is... Bourbon County brand stout. Oh, oh wow! This mm. is the 2013 release. Now I thought these only Caref- come in the in the bigger bottles. Uh, no, so they this is they used to come in the 12 in ounces, the smaller right? bottles, and now then only the and then they would do the, the 15, limited nine, editions right? would be in the bombers. Uh, but yeah, so this is 2013. This was the first year that Bourbon County came to Texas. So, so it has been feel, resting yeah. in my beer fridge carefully this for the last is, 10 years. I'm so wow. honored that this has stood the test of time. Wow. Well, and, and it, it really it reminds has. me of, you know, if you want to know what we mean when we say that a beer is boozy, this is the beer you want to taste. Because yes. I, like, yes. you know? yes. I feel like, yes. I feel like, this is a lowly 14 Point nine percent. Yeah. Now, are you sure that it doesn't like increase over the years as it's as it's in your fridge? I'm not a scientist. I poison yeah. people for a living. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is good, but it's big and it's boozy. It it's is big and bold and mm-hmm. uh, and sticky. Um, sticky. Yes. It's sticky. like syrup. It's super sticky. You could put this on pancakes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was yeah. going through the it's, beer fridge. Saw I had some thirteen remaining. It's the holiday season, the so I wanted to bring a little gift. Here's the thing. This yeah. is for some of my favorite to where beer you can taste that it's starting to get a little soy sauce. Yep. Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. But it's not there yet, and it's right at that like, right that right at that mm-hmm. edge. You know, like it's where it's totally just good. right. Totally good that you brought it in because if you'd waited until next year, I don't think it would have been as good. As Ian said, it's it might right be, on the yeah, edge. it might be getting there. You yeah, know, we'll just have to bookmark it because I'm pretty sure I saw some 14 sitting uh, right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. Well, we're, we're going to do holiday cocktails is, every year. So. Like, so, so if you're ever wondering, like, what exactly is mouthfeel in a beer? This has all of the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Like, this is. All over the palate. You know, I have a question for you guys about these uh, these older releases like uh, like this. You said it's been in your refrigerator since what year? Uh, 2013. So it's been in your refrigerator since <laughs> 2013. the lip of this thing. I showed How? up at Specs at like 6 a.m. I, I was hype-beasting this. <laughs> I stood in line. I got my variants. I got my case of Founders Breakfast Stout, which now I can just walk to HEB and buy. Right. But, Dude, but, I remember uh, I remember looking for Founders yeah. Breakfast Stout. Yes. Yeah, and I can get like KBS at stores, like yeah, usually the Kentucky Breakfast Stout. But seriously, guys, how does that happen? There is no way I can put a beer in my beer fridge from 2014 or 2019 or 
2022 for that okay, matter. Okay, it starts with, with and, ha- and have it survive. Well, I will wind up drinking. It that starts beer. with it starts with the first the first side of this is you have to buy more than you can drink. Yeah, so uh, so okay. it's buying same thing with so like, like whiskey. Yeah, so like this, I bought like a full case, so I bought twelve of these, and then like you drink like the first six, and then you he just keep loggers in front of it. Oh, because we live in Texas, <laughs> yeah, and so right. like it's summer nine months out of the year. Right. So that's what I want is the logger. So I, if I want this, I have to dig deep to go grab it. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I have started trying to do is whenever I can, if I'm buying like a barley wine or imperial stout or something that, that I want to bring on the show, what I do is I make sure I try to find a big bottle of it, like one of the big, you know, yeah. uh, the, the bombers. Because then good. I'm less likely to open it up if it's just me at home doing the dishes, right? It was like, oh, now this should be shared. It helps me. This is not a doing the dishes beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For and, sure. Al- and also, this is not a floating down the river beer. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I would drink this. He would do it. I know you would. He would do it, and we'll be back. Drinking news is next. It's smoking and toast. Is that irreverent? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And whatever this thing that Chris just put on the town I just is. would like to say, you know, every now and then I wish it's that we were contraption. still back in the old days of the show where if you were watching us like on Facebook Live, <coughs> you would get the uh, in-between the segments the stuff. Because while we were on break, Chris Morris, our cocktail expert, just said something that I, God, I, I hope we have this recorded because I will use it in the future. He said, and I'm quoting, Call me pretty and give me Holy Ghost. <laughs> and w- in reference to the IPA we just had, I love that. That's a that's a new like uh, uh, smoking and toasting uh, slogan. Call me pretty and give me Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Well, it what is Mister uh, Thingy here? Yeah. Uh, so, technically speaking, this is what's called a conga shaker. Of course, it is. Um, so this was something that um, William Grant and Sons, who do Monkey Shoulder, developed, mm-hmm. and the idea was that you could put a lot of cocktails in here and instead of having to shake this giant thing mm-hmm. you could just roll it like this i, I think uh, i'm reminded okay. of the words here of the great gloria estefan when she said come on shake your body baby to the conga yeah so so i mostly just use it as a thermos this okay. time right. <laughs> right. well, because, because i have like 20 cocktail shakers at thermos. well while you're thermosizing uh, let's get to a little drinking news shall we ladies and gentlemen the segment of the program where we bring you songs that may or may not be about drinking but are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking ladies and gentlemen it's time for drinking news <laughs> it's all gone wrong I just hope the camera's getting all of that. In the segment oh, yeah. around the world, it's drinking news. Solely on him. It's drinking <laughs> news. It's what I love. Me and a Florida man and a bottle of rum. I pour another round. What do we got to lose? Started drinking that whiskey and running my mouth. 
that's when the game really <laughs> said, I got a bed for you. He gave a seven to one. You know we couldn't lose. So me and a Florida man fought a kangaroo. We went a couple of rounds and beat us back in blue. said and i quote mama Cheers, i hope i don't wind up on drinking news <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to drinking news uh for episode number 358 of smoking and toasting you know disney has been in the news quite a bit i told you i wish that uh that that docs was here today because disney is you know so disney's the thing it, it's his thing yeah but they've been in the news quite a bit in 2023 for coming out in opposition to florida's don't say gay law to the resulting skirmish with florida governor ron DeSantis, second time i've name checked him on the show today uh to the closing of some popular rides to make room for newer and flashier attractions now i've never worked for disney but i know a number of people who have and they have some restrictions that are uh well you know quite interesting quite strict for their employees who, by the way, they don't call employees. They call them cast members mm. at Disney. Uh, they're only allowed, for example, very basic jewelry, such as only one ring on each hand. Or uh, They're not permitted to have visible tattoos. And perhaps strangest of all, if you work in a Disney area and someone else in that particular area of the park already has your name, you are required to wear a name badge with a different name on it. So, in other words, if I worked in, say, Fantasyland, and somebody else in Fantasyland who already worked there was named Cruz, then I might have been given a name tag that says, you know, Clyde or Jessica, Bubba or Elmo, <laughs> you know? Uh, sidebar, but speaking of names, my wife once worked with somebody who was a big fan of a particular TV show, and as a result, they named their son, after a character on the show, they named him Lucifer. Now, whatever you believe about the pointy-tailed guy or not, you have to admit, you're starting your kid off with a little bit of an obstacle in life, right? I mean, there's no doubt that some people will judge him by his name, and maybe outside of a few naughty girls who might think that's kind of hot, <laughs> the reality is it will most likely work as a hindrance to him getting a job or being accepted into college or running for president. Can you imagine that? You know, Lucifer and Jones, 2024. That'd be a hell of a bumper sticker, Vote right? for Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> if it were me, I'd name him something different, like, you know, Sue. Mistopheles or Beelzebub <laughs> or, you know. But that's probably not important right now. Back to Disney. I've long believed and had it secretly confirmed by some uh, Disney Park employees, by the way, that if you screw up, you forget to cover a tattoo or you wear too many rings, that Mickey himself punishes you by forcing you to work inside the It's a Small World <laughs> ride for an extended period of time. <laughs> Now, the ride itself, of course, is innocent enough, but I'm convinced that it's the It's a Small World song that plays over and over that will and change over you. again yes, that on the ride. That it, and it is, in fact, the, the most publicly performed song of all time. Google it. Uh, and it was actually it written 
I'm thinking by Lucifer himself in an attempt to punish puny humans with the single worst earworm of all time. I'm not kidding. In fact, just by me mentioning it here, you're going to have that evil tune playing in your head until next Wednesday or Thursday, and it will be a true test of your sanity. You're welcome. <laughs> but I can picture the little old man that actually wrote it because yeah. I watched a documentary and his yeah. name's Richard Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> He's not Lucifer, but yes. <laughs> Wasn't he a cornerback uh, for the Seahawks? Yeah. <laughs> uh, perhaps it was a prolonged exposure to the It's a Small World song that triggered the person in our drinking news story today. I can see where it could make you do things you might not ordinarily do. And perhaps this is the case because a California man. California man. <laughs> added a unique and surprising element to the small world ride recently when he left the traveling boat and began ming mingling with the animatronic dolls. Oh, and of course, no. he did what anyone would do in that situation. He stripped completely naked. Oh, well, I mean, no. No, kids of I mean, your you eyes. Really have a, you don't really have a choice at that point. Right? Oh, what, what else are you going to do? Was police, it a small world after uh, all? Anna, <laughs> Anaheim police report that the man walked around the ride in the buff, eerily lit in blue, orange, and pink lights, and got, quoting here, up close and personal, end quote, with some of the animatronic figures. Wow. I do not want to know exactly what they meant by that. A woman, show, show me on the doll where the animatronic touched her. <laughs> a woman named Ashley Esqueda posed, uh, posted to Twitter, which I still refuse to refer to as X. Uh, she, she quoted, she posted rather, I am on Small World and there was a streaker. I cannot believe this is happening. <laughs> One park goer took a video that shows the man fully naked and waiting in the water near the ride's entrance as a worker approaches. His clothes were photographed sitting in a pile on the floor inside. Wow. The 26-year-old man was arrested for indecent exposure and being under the influence of a controlled substance. You think? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> in Florida? Had to be ecstasy. This is in, this is in California. Oh, in so, California, yeah. yeah, maybe. He was first taken... Because in Florida, it's definitely meth. Yes. All uh, right. He was first taken to a hospital as a precaution before being booked. Now, let me just say, witnessing something like this can be a bit traumatic. Uh, there were plenty of comments from the park goers on the ride. And despite the fact that literally no one has asked for this, we've compiled some of those for you in another ridiculous drinking news top five list. <laughs> this would be the top five things overheard on the small world ride. Top five things top overheard on the five <laughs> things. Uh, number five. We're so out of tune right now. Number five, I didn't know one of the seven dwarfs was named Horny. Number four, son, it's about time you learned the facts of life. This is part of how animatronic dolls reproduce. Number three, I know Disney refurbished this ride to make it more scientific, but I think including the elusive and illusion trouser snake may have been a bit much. Number three, uh, number two, they need to update the safety message. Obviously, it's not just your head and arms that you need to keep inside the boat. <laughs> and the number one thing overheard on the Small World Ride, number one, <coughs> apparently not everything on the It's a Small World Ride is small. There you go. <laughs> Good for him. Gosh. So out of tune. Reporting live from the Small World attraction at Disneyland. Wow. I'm just glad the song inside the ride isn't Don't Worry, Be Happy. See? <laughs> I did it to you again. Evil Earworm, you're welcome. My, hey, name man. Is, my name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news, drinking news, 
That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. What would Joan Crawford think? <laughs> she was the one who actually asked for that ride to be built for Pepsi. No she, kidding. Yeah, she well, actually, no, first, she actually it was first built for the World's Fair. It was right? built for the World's Fair, and Pepsi yeah. was the sponsor, and she asked Walt Disney, build a ride, and they went in, and they built It's a Small World. Okay, so, so, so what would Joan Crawford think? Let me just take a sidebar here. <laughs> and, and by the way, don't diss on Bobby, Bobby McFerrin. Dude. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that song has got to go. I'm sorry. He <laughs> can do anything worry. else. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Be and not, not happy. You know he's actually like a super accomplished jazz musician. No, he's amazing. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's yeah. freaking amazing. Right. And everywhere he goes for the rest of his life, yeah. no one yeah. will sell him that. I was just going to say, <laughs> all of this can still be yeah. true, and yet that song is evil and should be should be put to rest permanently. I just need to ask you a question, though, Ian, and I'm be serious happy. about this. Should we be concerned that our engineering producer seems to know a lot about the origin <laughs> of the It's a Small World ride. Should this concern us? Should we, like, sidebar here? What if, what if Docs was here? Oh, God. If only. If only Docs what, was what here. What are you wearing, by uh, the way? Um, <laughs> I mean, drink. What, what drink did yeah, you pour us? During drinking news, uh, I hope I hope this got caught on the camera. Uh, yes. Uh, the absolutely. Uh, Chris mm. was pouring our next uh, our next. So it turns out. Here. Basically, it's just a video of the 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 song with him working behind. Oh, yeah. So he was using the conga. <laughs> One part were. of it worried me, though, as he was shaving right behind the thing <laughs> like that. It was worrying me the way it might come across on the camera. <laughs> so, so yeah, he was using what he described as a conga uh, to pour... Uh, you just had to ask about the function. You couldn't just accept himself. it as a thermos. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there's a difference in the seal between here what are, So what are we yeah, here. Yeah. So what are we tasting? Uh, the the parts of which did not wind up. Does on it your matter? Do you know how sticky this guy is right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a yearly tradition of mine. This is the bottle killer eggnog. Wow, wow! This is actually quite delicious. It reminds me of holy a bit crap of uh, what is going on there? Yeah, so chocolatey. Uh, yeah, so so. This is based largely on uh, Alton Brown's eggnog recipe, which is oh. able to be aged for several years. I like it because it's very, very simple, very easy, and you can buy most of the components in, like, exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's 12 egg yolks, and you beat those in a stand mixer with a pound of sugar. Um, and then you add a pint each of whole milk, half and half, and heavy cream. And then uh, he calls for, like, eight ounces of, like, Cognac, bourbon, other stuff. I just basically pour eight ounces of like whatever is sitting around in my bar that I haven't finished for the year. So there's some cognac so you, in here. There's you do some bottle kill, basically. Yeah, there's some American single malt. Um, so this reminds me a bit of a drink that I uh, always enjoy getting in the islands and have, uh, my wife has learned to make uh, at home and does a really fine job of actually. Uh, that is a sort of a tropical tiki drink. Uh, that's very much like this is called the bushwhacker. You've had a bushwhacker, mm -hmm. right? This reminds me a lot of a bushwhacker, except it's a little you've, more. You've made slightly that for more us. eggnoggy. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so this is the the classic, uh, old school eggnog, egg yolk, sugar, dairy. Um, right. Yeah, and just every year I kind of whatever's just sitting around. I made this with Bourbon County one year. I just had a couple extra bottles, so I just poured those in here. Have you had years where it was particularly like? 
above average, and you went, oh, i got to make it with that again next This uh, is freaking delicious. No, because every, every time I busted out the holiday party, everybody has six glasses, and I don't remember what I put in it. <laughs> mm. I mean, this well, is... It really is delicious. Yeah, so, like... This is this outrageous. Is, I would slug this down so fast. Yeah, and, like, this is very easy to, to make at home, and literally just whatever you have around. So, like I said, there's some American single malt. There's some cognac there's some rum in here i added some like chocolate and banana liqueurs that i had just because they sounded so, fun so what you're saying is that alcohol actually goes well with alcohol yes amazing. who would have known amazing who to thunk it yeah amazing <laughs> well we're uh, just about out of time in this segment uh, ian has already poured our final beer but i think we're going to taste it in the final segment as uh father time has his way of uh, of you know ending the segments whether we're done drinking or not so uh we'll take a quick break and we will be back it's smoking and toasting, and this. By the way, what do you call this? It's eggnog. Just regular old this Chris is just, Morris this eggnog. Is just proper, so good. Homemade this is the eggnog. best eggnog I've this, ever this had. This is in my what life. eggnog is supposed it to is. be. What it aspires to be. And uh, even though half of it is on your pants, this is uh, wonderful. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, Chris Morris is our uh, special guest today. He is our uh, bartender extraordinaire, our cocktail master, and our uh, cocktail expert. Wearer of eggnog. Wearer of, yeah, you know, I, I have to say, the eggnog he made, it's like, this is the best eggnog it's we've, so we've good. ever had. It's so good. It is. But it's out of appreciation to you, Chris, for coming in and doing the show that I'm not going to ask you to pour me more. Because uh, clearly that's been a big, a big, uh, uh, no, a you, big task. Yeah, oh. you, you can pour more. Okay, for well, there we go. I am clearly not capable of this simple task. <laughs> oh, look, it can be done. Okay, uh, there we go. Maybe uh, I shouldn't have had that second uh, Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who was responsible for that? Remember that movie Cocktail? Well, it's like if the stuff was just spewing out while they were speaking. No, this, <laughs> this was one of the outtakes. It's like if in Cocktail they had, instead of uh, assigning Tom Cruise to the lead role, they'd gone with Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm. You know, that, <laughs> that's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can you imagine that cocktail going everywhere? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, score one for the Bobcat Goldweight yeah. reference today. Is. Uh, Ian has poured us our final beer. That here. was dangerously close coming out of my yeah. nose. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have just been a perfect cap I, yeah, to the, to the exactly. show, wouldn't it? That would have been amazing. Uh, so Ian has poured us Real Ale's Quadruple Ale. It is Black called Quad. Black Quad. You've had this before. Real Ale, by the way, is a I, very... I buy this all the time. Very good brewery out of Blanco, Texas. But here's the thing. I know you can get it in 12-ounce bottles now. Mm -hmm. I still buy it in Bombers. Oh, um, because the bomber is five dollars or less than five dollars. You know, it reminds me of back when. Remember when you used to be able to get uh, St. Arnold's uh, 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 sour? Uh, the boiler room. Boiler room. We got it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was like four ninety five for a bomber. Remember that? Yeah. It does goes with the. I, right now, I totally. And sound then they like, did the the raspberry AF. Yeah, and that was like oh, yeah. five dollars a bomber. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. So, but right now, I totally sound like you know, like a grandpa going, "Yeah, remember when we were kids and you could get a stick of bubble gum and a baseball card, and it was only five cents." I used to wear an onion on my belt because that was the style at the time. Um, uh, working in the hill country from beer. a foundation of time honored brewing tradition, Real Ale believes in minimal processing, produces maximum flavor. They have a beautiful mm, uh, brewery out yeah. there. Yes, it's so beautiful out there. Um, 
The uh, it says uh, subtly sweet with a delicious um, dark complexity uh, Trappist inspired ale. Join us in paying tribute to the monastic brewing tradition. It is totally a uh, Trappist style ale. That's for sure. It is so good. It is really it's delicious. It's also coming in at a paltry ten point five percent. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason I saved it for the last beer. Although I think the uh, IPA may have been almost as big. But mm-hmm. I, I was about to say, I yeah. think I think literally the the Holy Ghost was thicker than this. May have been. May have been. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. This is this is a go to for me. Like this is one that I I buy on a regular basis. They, they have a a black quad and um. And they have another one in the in the bombers that I buy all the time. Real ale is just—it's hard to get anything bad from them. Like, yeah, these guys really know what's going on. They've uh, they've had good beers really since, and, and I, I these guys have been around for a little while. They're not like one of the oldest craft breweries, but they they're not a newbie either. These guys have been around for a while, and they make the uh, they make a great pale ale. They make uh, uh, just the Fireman's everything. Four. Yeah, the, Fireman's uh, Four is the blonde ale. Yeah, the, um, their Goza is quite exceptional. Yeah, yes. it really is. Like, uh, everything I've had from them has been really good. What was the one that um, that had? Uh, it was the um, the one that had the the Back to the Future looking mm-hmm. label on it. Yeah, uh, it was a pale ale. It's really like all their stuff. Yeah, yeah, like this doesn't have that cruising, that, that's that what huge it. Belgian candy spiciness of like an actual Trappist quad. But like for the price, this is really really hard to beat. For yeah, it's it's just 100%. a good beer. Hundred percent. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Chris Morris, for coming on the show for being uh, willing to sacrifice your clothing for <laughs> uh, uh, for the product here. And uh, uh, these, uh, honestly, the eggnog is fantastic. Uh, the uh, the Drink earlier the Manhattan was just just unbelievable. Like it was really really good. I'm, so I'm just gonna say to you look like you murdered a, a giant Cadbury cream egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would. And as if none of that was enough, uh, he has a stirring stick that, that, that that's looks a like spoon. a cobra, a yes. bar spoon that looks like a cobra. And you gotta love that. That is just uh, absolutely. Wonderful. Uh, Chris, thank you for doing this, uh, for doing holiday cocktails for us. It's absolutely uh, a pleasure to have you on the program. And we uh, want you to know you're invited anytime, whether we've specifically invited you or not. Feel free to I mean, you have to the door crash. Code. Yeah, yeah, you have the door code. So feel free to <laughs> pod crash. Uh, coming up on the program next week is our Christmas show. Uh, our uh, former uh, studio producer and now our kind of executive producer, Adam in the Cloud will join us in studio. What? We'll we'll tell Christmas stories. We'll drink Christmas beers. We'll uh, it's going to be uh, just a sort of a Christmas uh, holiday free for all on next week's show. And then the week after that, our wine expert Mark Burrell will join us to talk bubbly for New Year's. My sister and brother-in-law just went and saw him the other night. Saw Mr. Burrell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's always fun to visit. Uh, and then uh, coming up after that, our end of the year or beginning of the year wrap-up show. Ian and I will talk about the best cigars of the year, and we're going to be doing that show on location from uh, the famous front porch of Jim Heim, who guest hosted the show with me while Ian was out uh, recently. So it'll be uh, that that's going to be fun. You're going to love smoking cigars on Jim's front porch. That sounds awesome. They call it the famous front porch for a reason. So uh, looking forward to the great holiday season with you. Join us next week for our Christmas show. Until we meet again, my fine feathered friends, it's Cruz and Ian and Chris Morris. And our engineering producer, Terry, saying, Cheers, Cheers, y'all. You don't want to take a chance. Well, my.